0: Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is the 25th of November 2020. Uh Uh-oh, it's, uh, I forgot my anniversary. 31 years. 31 years today, oh my goodness. Oh my lord. I was officially plucked from the flower of my youth 31 years ago. Jacob, you just got engaged in front of a a studio camera audience. Uh, Do you have any gift suggestions? I got to run right out right now. Luckily, she's not here, or I can sneak out.
1: If you haven't figured out what she likes after 30 years of marriage, (laughs) I think you're pretty out of luck.
0: Well, I know what she likes. It's just that I'm getting old. In any case, uh, you wake up this morning, and it's your anniversary. And beyond that, you wake up this morning, and uh, the Crew is the highest seed remaining in the Eastern Conference as we head into the semifinal round of the conference tournaments and the quarterfinals of the tournament writ large. Last night, uh, the Nashvilles shocked the uh, desultory Toronto FCs in East Hartford, Connecticut, which, by the way, is my wife's hometown. Her father ran the first ward there. Again, I digress, but Toronto was never... Nashville needed a uh, extra-time goal to win one nothing, but... My goodness, it could have been five nothing though, oh. the, the way Nashville looked. They had many prime chances and they looked kind of they looked like a lot of crew teams we've seen in the past that that couldn't put the ball in the frame. And then on in the other game in the east, uh, the New Englands, two goals early, back up the bus, and they beat the supporters shield winning Philadelphia Union two to nothing in south south of Philadelphia there. What's the name of that town, Chester? Chester, PA, and there goes the team with the best record in the league, ushered out of the tournament in the uh, in the first round. And Philly won the supporter shield with a, a points per game average of oh, geez, like what, one nine or whatever it was. In any case, the the team with the highest points per game average over the regular season, and, and thus I guess the number one seed at this point, as you reseed is Sporting Kansas City with 1.85. Uh, Crew 1.782, top seed in the East, second seed in the tournament right now. First, Jacob, I want your thoughts on last night's games because uh, that's that's the freshest news here, other than um, I missed my anniversary.
1: Well, there was one there was one other anniversary this week on Monday. It was the what 12 year anniversary of Crew yeah. with MLS Cup. So there is one yeah. more for you. It's so if you're a Crew fan, I think you wake up today thinking it's Christmas. I mean, it's tough not to look at this and think that there isn't an opportunity here to advance i mean that's the standard right they're they're the top seed in the east they're going to have home field advantage in the east the only if they advance that far they would only not have home field advantage for mls cup if sporting kansas city is there so what a huge opportunity this is look you said it philly and toronto were just completely outplayed now nashville this is a gary smith is a very, very good coach has had tons of success in MLS and boy does he have these guys just USL, believing, yeah. just believing in what they do such an experienced MLS roster, knows how to win in these moments. And then New England, this is a team who has heard a lot. Carlos Hill, one of uh, what Alejandro Moreno said last night, one of the top players in the league, if he's fully healthy, has certainly played that way in the playing game and then against Philadelphia. That's a tough team to play as as an eight seed. So, I, I mean, I was watching the games last night and kind of thought, the crew was a bit lucky to be playing Red Bulls. I'm not so sure that New England and Nashville, not just recency bias, but just kind of looking at them as a whole, maybe the Red Bulls was the best matchup the crew have got. But like you said, this is just a real huge opportunity for the crew to uh, make a run in this tournament now.
0: Well, that's uh, Jacob Myers, our fine crew beat writer. And here now is Kyle Robertson, our award-winning photographer. And, uh... Who fancies himself quite the striker? Kyle, what did you take out of last night's two games? Bruce Arena is still lurking out there with the New England. <laughs> oh man, you man, can't kill
2: him. I know. No, I I think I was more impressed with Nashville and, and the way they played. I mean, they had uh you know they had three goals called back on uh, on offsides. Uh, three really good goals too. But man, they it was almost I felt. Watching the game, it was almost like Nashville looked like the like the two seed. You know, they they were very dominant dominant, and uh, they, um, you know, they were just attacking man. And and uh, and uh, uh, Toronto got really lucky. I forget the guy's name, but he should have got red carded uh, early on in the game with a kind of a was it Osorio oh, oh. Yeah, kind of a kick to the crotch. <laughs> but yeah, Ooh. I mean. It, you know, I really thought they could have, like you said, they could have won four or five nothing. I mean, they they had so many chances and good, good opportunities. And I think Toronto only had a you know, they had a early chance, I think, in the first half uh, and, and maybe one other one in the second half. So I think that I mean, as much as, uh you know, the the New England winning two nothing over Philly, I think. Just the way they play defense, Um, I think Nashville um, is probably a little bit better of a story um, after last night. Kyle, I believe you
1: said that Bruce Arena's magic was done on last week's show. Did you? I know. I know.
0: I know. So, yeah. I guess instead of Striker, you're now the magic man. And now that uh, Jacob today has predicted the crew is going to win MLS Cup, we'll call him the Cup now instead of the Shield. Um, No, he didn't predict that, but he came close, didn't he, Kyle? Uh, you know I looked at I looked at, uh, I looked at uh, uh, Toronto, and I saw a team that's been in a hotel for whatever eight weeks, you know what I mean? And uh, we've seen these these uh, bubble the, the bubbles uh, uh, in other leagues, uh, NBA and NHL specifically, and uh, how how they wear on players. Um, in fact, uh, you know both the teams that win Tampa bay and 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 the Lakers came out of it going, of saying that uh, people don't realize how difficult the isolation was for that span of time and Toronto for as as good as they were at the peak of their powers. And we, we saw them at the peak of their powers in East Hartford against the crew, not too long ago. um, I think, I think the bubble wore them down um, and uh, I think they were psychologically fried they were certainly rolled by a better team last night. um, uh, And, and, uh, how much, Jacob? Tell me more about the Philadelphia-New England game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was just from the. I was also watching more yeah. of the Nashville game, but and caught the second half of the Philadelphia game. But from the beginning, it just looked like New England completely blitzed Philly from the start. And yeah. in the second half, I mean, Philly hardly generated anything. It was uh, it was pretty shocking to see after a team that had been that good and. I believe generated like three and a half expected goals in that game. They lost to the crew at Moffrey. They were really good in that game. And just this, the team the other night was like, like the reserve team almost um, very surprised there. New England is, is a solid team. Like I had mentioned, Gustavo Bowe and uh, Carlos Heel are, are, are real quality players there for them. So, you know, just really kind of stunning night in the East. And then with a the later game, uh, Seattle, Seattle, totally demolished lafc and really took care of that one they look like i would say the favorite to win mls cup right now
0: well as good as toronto was and they looked like the best team in the east about a month ago um uh seattle's been on the come for that whole time and we'll talk about the west in a minute jacob you have some some crude news that actually should have been handled by public relations people um what what is it
1: well it's it's nothing too i guess newsworthy if we if the but in the story I wrote, and we'll talk about this later, uh, about the crew having financial space for some additional DPs in the off-season. I just talked about the makeup and the roster and these players that are locked up for a bit. Uh, it wasn't announced at the time, but um, I was able to find out that Darlington Nagby uh, is under club control, or I guess it's a single entity structure, right, so signed with MLS and the crew has them for Four years. This being the first one.
0: So he signed an extension.
1: He was, days. if I remember, he was out of contract. Had the last year in Atlanta right. was the final year of his contract. So any move he was, that was kind of along with the rumors of coming to Columbus, like he was kind of ending his time there. So any move he made, he was going to have to sign an, an additional contract. Okay.
0: All right. Interesting. All right. We should talk next, Kyle, about. Uh about the crew game, um, we shouldn't neglect that they did play a first round game uh, and won it, uh, obviously, three to two at Mafray Stadium Saturday afternoon. Gentlemen, you two were there. Um, my impressions I thought Santos played his, his uh, keister off. I thought Zardes, you know, when you can chip in a header, Kyle, I don't even think you can do that. Um, uh, if that <laughs> if chip in a header question mark, that was quite a goal. I thought Mensah was back in form. Um, I thought the crew played 80 to 85, uh, fairly, if not dominant, at least controlling minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was like no doubt who who the better team is on this field, and 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 they're playing like they know it. Um, uh, Save for uh, Jacob, a couple of those uh, defensive sort of didn't sort things out defensively. And oh, geez, there's a goal! Oh my goodness, what happened? Um, But fairly dominated. Um, still need to ratchet things up. It shouldn't have been as exciting as it was down the stretch, but still a three to two win. Jacob, I'll throw it to you for your impressions and the impressions of the coach and the team coming out of that game.
1: Yeah, I agree with all that. I thought Pedro probably played his best game and when he needed to it, you know, we had talked about, I think in the last few weeks, just dribbling into opponents You saw no better than in the 81st minute where he just drove through two defenders and almost tucked in a really tight angle shot. Uh, I thought he was dangerous all afternoon and was pretty accurate with his passing. The biggest play of the match, though, without question, had to be after Caden scored for New York in the crew, gets the penalty uh, Pedro Santos drew that penalty to to tie the game just three minutes after giving up the opening goal. The biggest play in that sequence was Zelrayan and and he has such a great ability just to stop dead on the ball and change directions. He he megs Aaron Long, one of the best defenders in MLS, and then makes a connecting pass. It was intended for Santos a little long, but Valenzuela was right there and uh, well, one touch
2: too. That was impressive too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean they had a lot of those. Uh, on the day so I thought that was the biggest play and boy do you want to see that from your number 10 you spent eight million dollars on in the offseason our tour Nagby and Zelleray and I wrote just for today it's on dispatch.com best game for them all year they had only started eight games of the 23 in the regular season together and I thought they connected passes and dominated the midfield all afternoon
0: uh, Kyle, what did you think of the penalty kick? I mean, like, it was like whoa, but like yeah. I guess I guess you have to say terrific kick when yeah. you hit the inside of the uh, of the post. You know what I mean? Like yeah,
2: no, it was it was brilliant. I always hate the little hesitations, man, because sometimes you can get kind of under it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was perfectly placed. I think the I think the keeper kind of uh, didn't play it the, the proper way. I think he could have probably lunged a little bit earlier, but you know, with the new rules on, on watching goalies, I, you know, but no, I think the, uh, the other play that I was most impressed with, was uh, the, was the second goal. um, And and it was the, the extra kind of effort by Pedro Um, Zelleron had the shot from the top of the box that hit the post and kind of shanked out to the left. And Pedro kind of runs down and kind of, uh, kind of saves it from going out and then passes it to Zelleron or no, I think Milton or Zelleron. he, uh, was it Milton or was it, was it back to Zelarón to make the cross? I think um, that's right. Yeah, and then you know, so that set up the you know the, um, the Zardes goal. But yeah, man, I thought that ball was going to had some kind of wicked spin and kind of dipped down to the left and hit the hit the post and kind of went out to the left side. Um, you know, and I thought it was going to go out. But for him to kind of track it down right before it kind of went out and, and then they ended up scoring off of it was was also pretty impressive to me. That so, second, that start to the second
1: half uh, was, I mean, it looked like they were shot out of the cannon. I mean, it was 13 seconds in, and nobody wow. picked Zellerayon up as he just dribbles yeah. down the middle of the field. Uh, that, was, that, that was the nagged goal. But even, I believe he said Zardes, Kyle, but yeah. Zellerayon crossed the Etienne. He had the shot yeah nagby just beats everybody to the ball and if you're talking about what a difference that guy makes in terms of having this quality i think it might be kind of overstated sometimes by people like us in the media but you see on that play like knows how to win and just has those moments that knows what it takes in those moments and he played higher too uh so i think that'll be an interesting little wrinkle in this offense but that play to me signified how crucial nagby is to this team and just kind of the drive that he has but like you said like late in the game should not have been that close i think as a crew fan that's one thing you kind of wor- worry about a bit uh, but but they saw it out in the end
0: well the, the, the dude comes off the bench for new york and he's only been scoring like every game for the last six weeks <laughs> and like you might want to mark him you know what i mean <laughs> uh in any case the crew get out of it uh uh in in uh in 90 plus minutes with a three to two victory, they're they're the third seed in the in the highest seed remaining in the East. They play at home against number eight in Nashville in the Eastern Conference semifinals at Maffre Stadium Sunday at 8 p.m. on ESPN. And gentlemen, I have to Jacob, you started to talk about it a little bit, but uh, I'd like your thoughts, each of you, on Nashville. Starting with you, Kyle. What did they do to that Toronto team?
2: I mean, well, I mean, I think I, you know, they had, I think they, they attack, man. I, I think uh, they're, they're mostly, I think most people would know as more of a defensive uh, team, um, you know, with Walker Zimmerman back there, your MLS defender of the year. Um, and, you know, they had nine, was it nine clean, nine games without a goal scored on them. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty good defense. Um, But like I said, I was most impressive with the way they attacked. And, you know, it wasn't, you know, a counterattack or kind of they got lucky with a couple bad or, you know, with a couple lucky bounces and kind of, you know, went forward. They were ruthless and just kept on attacking and attacking. And uh, I believe uh, two of the three goals that were called back on on offsides were were off headers, uh, you know, on crosses. So, I mean, I was. I was really impressed with the the way they attacked, um, and it seemed like Toronto just couldn't figure out how they you know how they were attacking, and they were really pu- pushing up, you know the the uh, the the left and right backs are really getting up um, upfield and, and getting those crosses in. That's what I think I was most with because I haven't watched a whole lot of Nashville, you know, but I mean you know that you know they they you know they live on their defense, but I was just impressed with how many, you know, I don't even know what their expected goal rate was. You know, I, I would expect oh, no, oh, yeah. no, it had to be but, in the fours or fives. <laughs> but, but, but uh,
0: Jacob, it, it, it seemed fairly obvious that Smith figured out how to find space yeah. in the middle of the park uh, against uh, the, that Toronto team.
1: Yeah. I mean, because
0: that, ball, that ball got, that ball got right up the field, it matriculated yeah. as Hank Stram used to say.
1: Absolutely. They they found space all over that field. And, and you talk about MLS experience, this this team has been in spades and, and why I think they've been just solid and, and a real fun team to watch this year is because all these guys know how to win and they seem to all buy into what Gary Smith is saying. Uh, Dats McCarty is one of the most experienced players in this league, and he leads that team in the middle of the field as they're holding midfielder um honey muktar their first dp signing i believe uh for in club history was just spectacular i mean he missed a couple chances but he's the one that created that goal his shot uh went through quentin westberg and daniel rios finished off but you know he made a great touch to the outs to the right side to get around a couple defenders to give himself an angle there Uh, this team is playing extremely well right now as you said, Kyle, Walker Zimmerman leads leads the defense back there. He's as good as any center back in the league. Uh, this team's also extremely good on set pieces, something the crew last year and this year has not been too good at defending. So that is one area I'll be watching very specifically. I think what's extremely important, and you saw just how organized defensively Nashville was last night against Toronto, with, with some – You know, against some very good players, although I think Alejandro Pazuelo played uh, one of his worst games with Toronto. He was just off all night. Uh, if Nashville gets ahead, that's an incredibly difficult team to come back against. So uh, conceding first could be very, very deadly uh, in this upcoming match on Sunday. And they're the seventh seed. I believe you said they're the eighth seed, Mike. But as uh, as, (laughs) Kyle said, they certainly look better. New England TAC
2: my, my apologies you're correct Yeah. Uh, and,
0: and but,
1: I
2: Kyle, think, but I think I, I, I the other thing is I mean I think I you know every year you see this in the in the March Madness basketball tournament one of the teams that gets one of the extra playing games kind of gets hot and kind of get things going and I think that's you know this is what you know what Nashville is but I mean on the other side what, they're going to play three, what, three games in eight days or nine days? No, three, so, it'll be um, three but in three, ten days, yeah. Three in ten days. But the That's other the thing they manage, on, on they the the house money. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, and they, they look very plucky and, and, and highly yeah. confident. And, uh, uh so, uh, again, that is their tall order, third game in, in ten days. Uh, their first game was a plan on the 20th. They'll be playing the crew on the 29th. Um, so, uh, Uh, That is the question, whether uh, being on the road with that type of work uh, have put in over the previous 10 days, um, uh, will will it eventually wear them down? And and that's a question that will be answered Sunday, beginning at 8 o'clock on on ESPN. So we look at the Eastern Conference conference bracket, Jacob, and up top you have uh, the eighth seed, New England, going through um, with some ease. Uh, they, they, had to, uh, they had to put a wall up, and they did it successfully in that second half to, to beat Philadelphia, but there goes Philly. So New England will play Orlando, which beat uh, New York City FC, and I, I think they should just add some more letters to their name just to, to make it more <laughs> mellifluous, uh, I guess. Um, but Orlando won one through extra time. They win 6-5 on, on kicks. Um, so they're the fourth seed. It's New England versus Orlando. Unbelievable um, then, game that was. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then on the bottom of the Eastern Conference bracket, the Columbus is through to play Nashville. And looking out west, the, the top seed <clears throat> out west of uh, Sporting Kansas City, which is the top seed remaining in the tournament if you're going by uh, points per game, which the league did this year, they beat uh, San Jose on kicks, 3 nothing on kicks. It was a 3-3 to game, 3 nothing on kicks. That was a wild one. Um, we we know how good Minnesota is. We've seen them a couple times. Um, they handle Colorado three to nothing, the fourth seed. So they'll play Kansas City in one Western Conference semifinal, and in the other one, it's Dallas, uh, which beat Portland. Dallas, the six seed, beats number three Portland eight to seven on kicks. It was another one to one game that that uh, ultimately wound up in kicks. Dallas moves on. They will play the team that is, I think, inarguably playing um, the best uh, soccer in in this league right now, the Seattle Sounders, the second seed out West uh, against Dallas. So, um, uh, Jacob, After running through the bracket, what are what are some of your thoughts, be it in the East or in the West?
1: Number one thought is the crew didn't win a road game this year and they don't have to go on the road. (laughs) Um, The only scenario they go on the road is if Kansas City gets through to MLS Cup and plays the crew. So look, the the crew were also two, one and two against the remaining team. So one loss um, in in those five. I think that's something you like. But Orlando is incredibly capable of getting to MLS Cup. Uh, I I don't think any of these roads are easy this last night just because, you know, I think you look at, like, the talent on the roster. roster, Toronto has more talent than Nashville. I don't think that's controversial to say, but just how that team is playing um, seven goals in the past three games. And their offense seems to really be clicking, as we said. Uh, That team is not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination however the crew is at Montfrey Stadium so that's a plus and like you said I, I think Seattle is just on a yeah. another level right now um Minnesota don't sleep on them against Kansas City boy was that Kansas City San Jose game something to watch with yeah. uh Chris Wondolowski magic late in that game but yeah I I think there could be an upset brewing in that Minnesota Kansas City game but it's not going to be easy for the crew no way
2: Carl yeah, I just uh, you know Jacob touched on it a little bit. I mean, I, I think the the first round, uh, including the play the playing games, had some pretty uh, fantastic games. If you're an if you're an MLS fan, um, you know. But you know, like I you know I I, I think it's uh, Seattle's uh, out west. I think Seattle um, is going to take care of business, and then
0: they're going to get tested though. That was an LA team yeah. that, You know that was decimated by COVID, so it was almost. I don't want to call it a walkover for for Seattle, but you know uh, Dallas is, is not going is, is going to give them a, a different test. I think.
2: Yeah, but I mean they're clicking, man. They, I mean they're, uh, you know, I I think they're the they could have scored five or six last night. Yeah, I mean it was yeah. So I mean it's uh it's going to be interesting, and I think if you're a crew fan, you like your odds of uh you know you know three of the other four teams you know besides Kansas City trying to get out there and and, and make the finals. Um, but you know, like you like you said, I mean, we've talked about how how well the crew has played on the home, and I think it kind of uh, sets up for that, and uh, you know, for for them to take advantage of how things have kind of fallen this year, and you know, who, you know, who knows that uh, maybe they'll host another Emelis Cup cup like they did in 2015.
0: So yeah, there you go. It, it is. I think we we end, gentlemen, um, before your last thoughts. Uh, where we began. And that is that, uh, if you're a crew fan, um, <laughs> you got, you had a nice Tuesday night. uh, uh <laughs> you know, there's a business to take care of. Uh, obviously, uh, we know nationals, no walkover. We know that, uh, the winner of the new England Orlando semifinal is, 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 not, they got to play these games and, and, uh, they can be unpredictable, but if you're sitting there idle on Tuesday night, and you see the number one and two seeds in the East go down. Um, you know, and you're a crew fan. You, you got to be happy with that. Looking at the potential of, uh, of, of possibility of two more home games, if, uh, and maybe even three. So uh, again, there's a lot. There's a lot uh, of soccer to be played between, uh, and, and unpredictable soccer to be played between now and December twelfth. But uh, at the very least, um, it's it's good to be the team with the highest seed left in the East. Any concluding thoughts before we, we, we wrap this up, John?
2: No, I mean, I think, you, nailed, you know, you nailed it. I mean, I think as a crew fan, you should be extremely happy with the way the tournament has unfolded and um, with the possibilities of, of the crew. But my only my only concern is, man, if. If Nashville gets that first goal, man, I, you know, I think they're going to bunker up and, and it's going to be kind of a wild ride if that happens. So, um, but, you know, overall, you know, I, I, I think it's just exciting. I, you know, and I think uh, in a year of craziness and so many weird things, it's, uh you know, the playoffs are kind of, uh you know, are kind of a result of that. I mean, and I think if you're a fan of soccer and if you're a fan of the MLS, you know, you should be watching all these games. So.
0: Well, and we'll see what COVID does uh, yeah. over the next little while here, because that's that's a huge factor. The uh, virus is raging out there.
2: Have they made any uh, protocols if if teams uh, do? I mean, they can't reschedule, can they? Or or are teams going to go on? I mean,
0: well, okay. it depends. It depends. Uh, as we went over last week, in case of a major COVID outbreak, if a team can't play or is, or is ordered not to play, uh, the, their, every attempt will be made to reschedule a lot of dates where you can reschedule a game probably over the rest of the tournament maybe three dates. and if you can't reschedule then if it's one team that has COVID they forfeit if it's both teams that have a problem then the higher seed moves on Jacob is that is that uh, correctly uh, imparted
1: yeah and I think there's not going to be a lot of motivation to cancel any games we saw Miami had three guys Test positive for COVID, one being Federico Higuain and his brother as well, Gonzalo. And they went ahead and played the game the next night. LAFC
0: had similar difficulties,
1: yes. Yeah, I think that was a little different, though, because those guys were coming from international travel. So they didn't have to kind of quarantine any of those their first-team players who were already stateside. But um, not not saying Inter-Miami didn't go through proper protocols and all that to clear everyone. But I think in the regular season, that game probably would have been uh, postponed.
0: Lastly, Jacob, we, we've talked ad nauseum, um, sounding like, you know, sounding like Ali Moreno or uh, or any other uh, better analyst than we are. No, no one takes it back, C-Test. But we, we've talked about uh, in these tournaments, and we talked about it heading into the Red Bulls game because they, they play a certain style and they're tailored uh, uh, almost in a corporate fashion to, to win regular season games and and, uh, <laughs> and and get to the top of the table. Uh, tournaments are a completely different animal. We we see how they they can be a crapshoot. And in these crapshoots, what's critical is to have your best players in good form um, because they are often the difference in these sorts of situations. How is the crew's health? We saw how good uh, uh, their core up the middle was uh, against the Red Bulls. We talked about Nagby and, and Zella Ryan and and Zardis and Santos, uh, that's their strength up the middle uh, uh, and on the wings, uh, the depth on the wings. How is the crew's health as they prepare to play in the Eastern Conference semifinal?
1: So we're recording this late Wednesday morning. We're going to talk to Caleb Porter and a couple players at 1.30 today. Uh, But nobody came out of the game injured, so I think you can assume uh, as of now because they were off Monday that unless there was something... bad today or tuesday in training that they're all healthy which uh, i i think we did see that this team was able to build some chemistry over that time off and, and played one of its most fluid offensive games um like i said it was and like we pointed out it's it's one game and nashville is certainly a completely different defensive test but uh, a clean bill of health is far from what the crew had for most of the season. So if you're a fan, you're, you're happy about that.
0: Well, s- since, um, oh, the middle of the previous decade, Toronto's been a team that you could pencil in to reach the final uh, almost every year. And uh, they're now out of the picture. Um, the window is open in the East. Uh, uh, anything else, guys, before before we sign off here and, and go shopping for anniversary gifts? <laughs>
1: Well, I wanted to point out, have a story online. Tim Bezbachenko talked to us last week and, and was asked about the future of the roster. And um, while, while he's, you know, couched everything by saying, you know, they're focused on this year and, and the run they're making, um, they're, they're still evaluating who they're going to give options to and the like. But he did confirm what uh, we had thought is they have the space to add a DP or two. Uh, buy down a couple guys that would be Darlington Nagby, and Jossie Zardes because just with Lucas's transfer fee and his salary, you're you're not going to buy down that player with with Tam. Uh, if you need another explanation on that, I uh, defined it as as best we could in, in the story uh, I got it got approval from copy editors. So if they can if they can uh, understand that, then
2: then I all can. Um, Did he he, uh, he talk about, like, maybe the strategy? Because if I were the career, I would try to use, if you do have a slot, use it on a young guy that you maybe can flip down the road in a couple years, kind of like uh, some of the other teams are doing.
1: He didn't get that specific on it. He basically said what he told you, Mike, in a column you wrote a few weeks ago, is they're not going to be one of the top spenders in the league, so they got to find different ways to – Essentially, you know, win MLS Cup, be a be a contender, and I think that's certainly one way to do it. And they looked at a couple guys before, uh, while they're acquiring Zellerayon, on uh, some younger guys. So I see that as a path. You you agree, Mike?
0: Yeah, I think the I think the bunny quote from uh, Tim Bezbachenko when I talked to him went something like, uh, you know, we're not going to spend uh, on three DPs like you see, uh, you know, Atlanta or Seattle do, but uh, we can, we can spend on two, spend big on two. And again, I'm paraphrasing spend on two and compete for, for an MLS cup and, and be competitive every year. So uh, that, that was the way uh, uh, more or less he put it to me. Um, so that's, uh, I guess that's about it for this edition of the soccer speak easy. Well, one, um, one
1: more, one more parting. Oh, oh, here's um, Colombo again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to point out that, uh, Pablo Marr wrote in The Athletic this week on former NYCFC intern Skylar Badillo, who has accused Spanish star and former NYCFC player Debbie Villa for sexual harassment. Uh, Badillo's account lays out how that staff was complicit in Villa's harassment and even added to it a bit. So I wanted to point out the story so people read it and, and remind people that. It's important for us to believe women who take a great personal and professional risk for speaking out about this type of conduct in the workplace. And it's incumbent on all of us to speak out against it as well. So wanted to say that Skylar Badillo is a hero for speaking out and and, uh, just wanted to make sure people read that.
0: Well, there it is. That's Jacob Myers, our fine crew beat writer Kyle Robertson. Say goodbye to everyone and happy Thanksgiving.
1: Peace. Absolutely. Be safe. Be safe.
0: I'm Mike race, and that's it for this edition of the Soccer Speak Easy. Per usual, uh, engineered by—and I used engineer in, in air quotes—by uh, Patrick Flaherty, the Podfather at the Podfather too. It's at K Rob Photo and Jacob. What's your your handle? I always have to ask you because you
1: keep changing it. I haven't changed it for a few months, but the time is a flat circle, as we all know. Uh, it's underscore JC Myers.
0: And there it is. Thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again next week. I'm Mike Ares. have a nice Thanksgiving, be safe. We're all wearing masks here and Patrick, kick us out of here.